Welcome to the Convergence Church Podcast. Our vision at Convergence is to encounter Jesus and transform cities with His power and His love. If you'd like more information about Convergence and how to plug in, you can visit convergencechurch.com. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy this message. How's everybody doing this morning? You good? It's really good, sweet time with the Lord this morning. I just really felt, um, as we were, I think it was Justin that was praying something about Mary and, you know, just sitting at, at, at the Lord's feet. And um, I've, I've had several thoughts over the past probably year or so where it's like, I've always thought of myself as a Mary cause, just because that was the good person in the story, right? You know? Um, so it's like, we want to identify with the one that's, yeah, that's, that's me. I'm a Mary. And, and I've realized I'm more of a Martha, honestly. Um, not identifying as woman, just so you guys know. I'm talking about personality styles. I'm, I'm really more of a, a Martha t- style person. And, um, but I, I believe that the Lord is shifting that in me. I think the Lord is, is really helping me to see and giving me eyes to see that the stuff is not as important as he is. And, um, and, and as someone who previously identified as a Martha, um, I, I used to think, okay, that's, that's all well and good, but y'all wouldn't be eating right now if it wasn't for Martha, you know? And, and it's like, well, is that true? Because... Martha didn't show up when the 5,000 got fed, yeah. right? And so we, we can't reason this according to our own understanding. We don't lean on our own understanding, but we lean on him. So if God's not telling Mar- Martha to, to cook right now, then Martha doesn't need to cook. Yeah. Even though she thinks it's got to be done. And so we're going to, as we talk about Harvest and Holy Spirit, we're kind of continuing on with Harvest and Holy Spirit today, the series that we've been in. We're really going to be talking, um, we're going to be talking about abiding, abiding in the vine, and, and really, really looking at John 14 and 15. The Lord has just had me in this, honestly, this really sweet time. I've been journaling like crazy. I've, I, for the past several years, I've been not in a, in a really great time of connection with the Lord, like my connection with God, I just, it's felt a little dry. Just, can I be, can I be real? It's felt a little dry. I've, I've been not feeling the feels that I want to feel, you know what I'm saying? And, and I, I want to feel that connection. It's just not been there. But man, for the past several weeks, probably a couple months, I've just been like journaling like crazy, like the Lord's just pouring out and just really showing me so much and, and I'm just, I'm just loving it. You know, it's like when you, when you are in there with the Lord and he's, he's showing his face to you, like there's just nothing better, right? This is so good when you're, when you're in there with him. And, um, so this morning we're going to be, we're going to be focusing on, um, harvest and Holy Spirit, focusing on abiding the vine. Really like, um, it's the Holy Spirit that produces the harvest, it's not me. Amen. I'm not producing the harvest. The Holy Spirit is bringing it. And it's as we abide in him and tune into his heart yeah. that, that he brings it. And um, 
these, uh, it's interesting, these two chapters, this is kind of a side note, but I just think it's relevant. These two chapters really are, are happening um, during what we would call the Lord's Supper, and then also leading up to their, their walking, it seems like walking on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane. So that's, that's where this dialogue is happening, is, is during, during communion time, you know? And we don't have like the traditional language in John, what we're, what we're used to. That's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where it says, this is my body. We're not going to do communion just yet. We're going to do that at the end, just in case I held this up and it was everybody like, oh, are we, are we doing that right now? No, <laughs> not doing it yet. We'll do that towards the end. Um, but you don't hear in, in John, you don't see, this is my body broken for you. This is my uh, blood of the new covenant. You don't see that in there. It's in the other ones. But, but here he's talking about abiding in the vine. And um, obviously, all the words of Jesus are significant, right? So, <laughs> but, but whenever it's like he is about to go to the cross, and these are the last words that he's speaking to his disciples before going to the cross, it makes, me, it makes my ears perk up just a little bit more. And I'm like, oh, what's, what's he saying here? And so it's very significant what he's saying here. And so as we look, um, as we look at this, I, I want to really just start with, with John 15, 4 through 7, this will kind of be our, our central, central passage that we're going to really look at. It says, abide in me, this is Jesus talking, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. So, amazing passage. You could, like, literally spend months, maybe years, living there. I mean, honestly... I just, I'm like, do I really need to read anything besides John 14 and 15 for the rest of my life? It's just, there's, I'm not, we do, we need the full gospel, but not, not preaching heresy, okay? Um, don't add to or take away anything, but it, it's just so jam-packed, full of like, so much. Um, but this word abide, I want to dig into this word abide. It's actually the word meno. Some translations, um, use the word remain, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. Um, but it's, it's this idea of, from, in, in, from the standpoint of a place, it's sustain or not leaving. And in reference to time, it's enduring on or lasting. Um, in reference to a state or condition, it's remaining as one, not becoming something different. And isn't this, I mean, this is, this is what, this is what it, it's talking about in, um, in John 15 here, as you look at the branch, the branch needs to stay there, right? It's got to stay one, remain as one with the, uh, remain as one with, with the vine and, and lasting and, and enduring. Even through hard times, it stays connected. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That's really cool. Um, one day as I was, I was reading through John 14 and 15, one of the verses that stuck out to me was, um, was the, this word abode. And, and I thought, oh, abode. That sounds like abide. I guess that's probably a derivative of abide. 
and we abide in our abode, and our abode is our home, right, our house. And I know, I mean, I used to teach kids, so this is probably sounding really elementary, but, um, but I, think it's, I think it's significant. Um, in John 14, 14, 23, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come, and we will make our abode with him. I'm going to make our abode. My, I'm going to make a home inside of you. You are my home. And then, and, then, and then the other side of it, in John 14, 2, he says, In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go and prepare a place, an abode for you. And that's, I, I do believe that's a very literal. In heaven, we've got a home that he's made for us. I'm excited about that. Um, you know, as, as you get older, I'm 50, going to be 51 next month. Um, some of you are like, that's not old. And some of you are like, oh my gosh, that's ancient. Um, but as you get older and, you know, I've, I've now lost both of my parents. My mom passed away this past month and, and um, heaven becomes more significant. You know, I used to, my, you know, when my grandparents would sing, I'll fly away, you know, and all these old songs, and you're just like, oh my gosh, we're going to talk about heaven again? You know, it's just like, I got stuff to do here, you know? But I'm like, oh man, because, you know, and, and the more people that you have on the other side than you do here, that's like, yeah, it makes sense, you know? Um, but we have a place in heaven, and it's exciting, and, and it's not a, I'll fly away and I'm going to get the heck out of here. But it's like, man, Jesus has so much cool stuff for us in heaven. And so I'm excited about that. So anyway, um, he also has a place. He has a home in him that he has for us now here in this place. So he's, I, I believe he's saying two things. Yes, I'm going to play, prepare a home for it and a place for you. But your abode, your place of abiding is in me. And when we think about what our home is, um, you know, our home is that place that we go to when we're done for the day. It's the place that you land by default, right? I mean, when you, when you leave work, what do you say? I'm going home, unless you have a meeting to go to or some, something. But after your meeting, where are you going to go to? Eventually, you're going to end up at home, right? Because it's your, it's your natural default place that you land, Jesus needs to be that for us, right? You know, just even I, as I was preparing for this, this sermon, um, and I was, um, I was actually supposed to be headed up to the church, and I, but I was in a far left-hand lane. I was just zooming because I was on autopilot, and I was headed home. That's where I was headed, and I had to cut across several lanes of traffic. Sorry if that was you. Um, just, I was a grace grower for you that day and helped you step into a new place of forgiveness. You're welcome for that. Um, but, but it's, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm, that's where, that's where I'm headed. That's my natural state of being. And I think a lot of times we as Christians don't think of abiding as our natural state. We think of it as I have to transition into this, this place of abiding when it's, it's our home. It's the place we live. And, and it's not something we transition into, but it's, it's who we are. And we actually have to, we would have to actually transition 
to, to get out of abiding, we have to transition. Because it means to remain, right? It means to, that's where you are, to stay as one. Um, but I want to talk about how this, how this relates a little bit to, relates a lot, to the harvest. Um, one day the, the Lord was giving me this picture of me walking hand in hand with him. And he's like, he, he's actually continually been giving me this picture, but one day he was, he was, he was showing me this picture of, of just walking hand in hand with him. And he's like, as you walk hand in hand with me, you're, you're not going to run, run ahead. You're not going to lag behind, but we're going to, we're just going to stay together and stay in step. And honestly, Jason, it's going to be a little bit frustrating for you because you like to run ahead. You like to lag behind, you know, like we don't always think the same, me and God, you know? So, but as you hang on, as you hold on to me, um, even though it's a little frustrating, it's, it's good, it's right. And, um, and I want you to stay connected to me. And as, as we were talking, I realized this is, because kind of, we've been just been talking a lot, me and the Lord, about John 15 and I am the vine and you the branches. I'm like, this is kind of related, isn't it, Lord? And if you think about a branch, a branch is kind of like it's holding on with one hand to the vine and it's producing fruit with that other hand, isn't it? If a branch had hands. With one hand, it's holding on to the vine. With the other hand, it's, it's producing fruit. And, and I thought, wow, wouldn't it be really weird if a branch one day decided looked at the fruit that was in its one hand and was like, wait a second, I got two hands. I could, I could double my fruit if I would just let go and try to, try to produce more fruit. And, and it's ridiculous, isn't it? It is absolutely ridiculous. I, I, I could make a much better graphic for, than that if I wanted to, but I intentionally wanted to show you how ridiculous it is by, by making it ridiculous. I don't know if I could or not, but, but that's, what it, that's what we do, guys. We do that, don't we? we? We walk along or we wake up in the morning, we're like, oh man, I know it'd be great to have a quiet time this morning, but I've got way too much to, to do. I've got a lot of work that I've got to get done today, so I, I'm not gonna have time to, to connect in with the Lord. I don't have time to abide in Jesus today. I've got to get stuff done. And I've got to work with both hands today. I don't have time to stop right now and pray and try to, you know, figure out what the Lord is, is saying about this. Now, do we verbalize all those things? No, because we'd be like, ooh, lightning, you know. But, but it's what we're saying in our hearts and it's what we're acting out when we don't stop and take time to abide in him and, and try to produce double the fruit, work with both hands and, and produce double the fruit rather than abiding and hanging on. Um, what is, what is John, John 15, four through five? It says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do what? 
nothing. I didn't look that one up in the Greek, but I'm pretty sure it means nothing. Any Greek scholars, you can let me know, but I'm pretty sure that means nothing. And, you know, is it like, well, does it mean I can't tie my shoes, you know, unless I'm abiding in the vine? Well, kind of does. I mean, without, apart from Jesus, you're dead. <laughs> like, he's our creator, you know, so technically, I suppose, apart from, you, apart from him, you can do nothing. But I think in reference to this, he's talking about eternal fruit, right? He's talking about fruit and, and a harvest, those works that are going to remain, those works that are going to remain. And so, um, and nothing, nothing, the nothing that Jesus is talking about here is really defined by him. So if the something that you are trying to do is actually not for his kingdom, then that something is really nothing. So some of the somethings that are actually nothing, you might be able to do. But it won't be the fruit that remains. It won't be fruit that lasts. And so as, as we're doing stuff, kind of reference back to Martha. It's like, I'm doing stuff. I'm getting stuff done. And so we're like, I've got some somethings. But those somethings are really nothings. And, and we, we have to shift and let the Lord define it for us. We have to say, Lord, is this a something or is this a nothing? Because I don't want to just be producing nothing. I want to I harvest that is going to remain. I want some fruit that's going to remain. Um, and isn't Jesus so good? Because he modeled all of it for us. Like you look at John 14, it's not exact, but it's like John 14, you're looking at Jesus talking all about, all about this. And then in John, John 15, he's like, now you do it, you know? So John 14 is, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father's in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. I used to think that this was more about him trying to prove who he was. Like, look, I'm in the Father, the Father's in me. If you don't believe that I'm in the Father, just look at the works. Like, I'm, I'm going to prove to you who I am when I really think this was more about discipleship. Look how I'm doing this, guys. Look, as I remain in the Father, this is what happens. It, look, my, my works are proving it to you. These are works that are, are lasting and are remaining, and they're, and they're powerful, amazing. It's, a, it's an amazing harvest that I've produced. Just look at yourselves. You're an amazing harvest, you know? And Jesus was just showing us by example, hey, if, if I can remain in the Father, you can remain in me. You can do it, guys. And think about, think about how, think about what, what a great leader Jesus was. There's a lot of books about servant leadership and how Jesus was such a good leader and, and everything. But Jesus here, as he's saying, guys, I am such a good leader that I have produced this amazing harvest. 
No, it's because he was a follower. Being a follower is what made Jesus so fruitful. Jesus. It's what made Jesus so fruitful was being a follower. There's so many books on leadership, and I've, I've read a lot of them, and they're really good. But I have never, and maybe, maybe you guys can, can send me a link or something. Is there a book on fellowship? Is there? Okay. I, I knew there probably was. I mean, everybody's, I mean, fellowship is, is what we need to be really, really digging into. We, we want to be good followers. He talks, talks about us as sheep. He talks about us as branches. I mean, you know. We need to be following. Um, Jesus didn't chase his own kingdom, but through abiding in the Father and the Father abiding in, in him, he spoke what he heard the Father speaking. He, he did what he saw the Father doing. Another, in another passage, he talks about, I only do, I only do what I see the Father doing. And the works that he performed were lasting fruit because it was out of that place of abiding. And then what does he say at the end? Greater works are you guys going to do. What? No, seriously, what is that about? Greater works. How many of you guys, raise your hand. How many of you guys, (laughs) I want to see if someone raises their hand. How many of you guys feel like you're doing greater works than Jesus? Not one of us feels like we can raise our hand right now. But every single one of us should be raising our hands if we're going to obey what he has said, every one of us should be raising our hands that we are doing greater works. It was, I don't know, it was a statement. I don't know if it was a command, but it was at least a statement that Jesus made that greater works will you do than these. But I believe this is because of abiding. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of the setup. It's out of this place of abiding, greater works will you do. So maybe that's a missing key for us. Maybe that's a missing key for us. To step into a place of abiding. I mean, think about what Jesus, think about what Jesus did. He raised the, raised the dead. He healed the sick. He cast out demons. He turned water into wine. He multiplied food. Now, I've seen a lot of that. I've heard a lot of that. Heard about a lot of that happening. But man, he walked in this and and the harvest that he produced was phenomenal. Phenomenal. I mean, how many billions of Christians do we have? That was because of Jesus' works, ultimately, right? I mean, we wouldn't have Christianity without Christ. So he had quite a harvest. Um, All these works came from abiding all of the souls that were touched and came into his kingdom were out of a place of abiding. But, I, you know, I've, I've really, I have really stepped into this place of leadership in my life. And, and you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not downing leadership there. To, to some degree, we, we have to walk in some level of leadership in the church, right? Like, I, have, I'm, I, I would lead a table group or I would lead you know, different places. And, and, but I think especially those of us who walk in leadership, it's like we step into our, our quiet time with the Lord and we're like, okay, Lord, here's what I've got on the agenda for tonight. I, I wrote out my agenda and the Lord's like, 
oh, really? Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, but even in ministry, you know, it's like I, uh, even day to day, like ministry, I'm sitting in a restaurant and I'm like, man, I should, I should be producing more fruit in my life. And so I'm like looking around for fruit that I could produce. And I'm like, okay, God, what, what about that guy over sitting in the booth? Do, do you have a word for him? And, and I'm trying to produce this fruit. And that sounds like a good thing, you know, let's scan the room and let's see if there's a word for anybody. But it's, it's really a heart shift that we need in that because it needs to be out of a place of abiding, not out of a place of should. I, I should be producing some fruit right now. Who's, whose idea was that? It was mine. I should be producing some fruit right now. It's kind of like when, when Adam and Eve said they were naked, right? Jesus said, who told you? Or God said, who told you you were naked? Things that seem obvious to us. I've always, I've always kind of translated that to the rest of my life of these things that seem obvious. Well, obviously I need to blah, 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 blah. I've really caught myself here lately. Well, I know that I need to. That's the, that's the phrase really that I, I know that I need to da, 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 da. I've, I've really tried to stop saying that and turn it into a question for the Lord. Lord, I, I feel like this is what I need to be doing, but am, is that right? Is that true? Because it keeps you in a place of abiding instead of leaning on your own understanding. Um, so a simple tweak, you know, it's like you're sitting in a restaurant and, and, you're, and you're like, Lord, I thank you that, that you said greater works would I do. I, I don't see that right now, Lord. And so I just step into a place of abiding with you right now. What is it that you want to do through me today, God? How do you want to shift the atmosphere here in this room? What is it that you want to say? What is it that you want to do to, to people? And then maybe you get a sense of the guy in the corner, and you're like, oh, Lord, do you have a word for that guy? Kind of the same words, honestly, but it's a shift in, man, I should be doing something. Because it's, like, it's kind of like we're hanging onto the vine, and maybe we're not seeing fruit. Maybe it's one of those situations where it's like, Whew. And the Lord's like, well, it's winter, so duh, you're not going to see fruit. But we don't see any fruit, and so we're like, oh, i got to do something. There's no fruit coming out. And so we let go, and we try to go out and produce fruit on our own because we should be seeing fruit in our lives rather than staying connected to the, the only one that's going to help produce the fruit. Um. <clears throat> Holy Spirit is such a good friend. And, and I want to get more and more familiar with Holy Spirit. Um, even the simple thing, and that don't get all free. I, I don't know about you guys, but I get like kind of all caught up in my head about certain things. Like for a long time, I was like, it should be Holy Spirit because he's a person. It shouldn't be the Holy Spirit. And so anytime someone would write the Holy Spirit, then I'd be like, oh, no, that's not right. We should. Or I'd write it and I'd be like, oh, no, I shouldn't do it, you know? like capitalizing he when it's Jesus. Weird things. Man, why do we get so caught up in weird things? Anyway, Holy Spirit is a person and he's our friend. And I want to get more familiar and comfortable with him because it's really him that is, he's the one who's bringing us in and connecting us. Um, Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. 
That is the spirit of truth in the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you what? You know him because he abides with you and he will be with you. Guys, Holy Spirit has made his home inside of us. Whoo! John 14, 25, 26 says, these things I've spoken to you while abiding with you. While Jesus was here on earth and abiding with his disciples, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. He'll teach you all things. We have to step into a place of faith and trust that he will show us. Um, what, what, we're, what we're talking about this morning, it's not about getting into a place of passivity or fear. And it's like, well, I'm not going to go out and try to produce my own fruit. So I'm going to make sure that I'm hearing the Lord. And, and Jesus want, wants to talk to you. He, he will teach you all things. He will bring to remembrance all that Jesus has said. So this isn't about like... Um, because I think that's, this is kind of the flip side that I'm talking about. It. We can get into this place of, I should be producing fruit. I should be producing fruit. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to try and produce fruit on my own. But then the flip side of that is we can also get really passive or even lazy and, and just be like, well, I'm just going to sit and abide until Jesus moves me. And... That's not really what partnership with him looks like. Partnership with him looks like, Lord, I, I trust you. You said that you would show me, and so I trust you to, to bring me through and to teach me all, all things, just like you said. Um, abiding is, is about seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, it's first in both priority and in order. So he gets, he gets the first spot. There's no other idols that come above him. There's no other agenda that comes above his agenda. He gets first place in priority, but he also gets first place in the order. So first thing in the morning for sure, yeah. Wake up, he's the first one I go to. But also throughout the day as I'm presented with a new opportunity, Who's the first person I go to? I go to Jesus. He's the first person that I go to when I encounter a problem. Holy Spirit, you're the first person I want to talk to about this. Now I'm tempted to call my wife and say, what do I do? What do I do? Help me. I'm tempted to, to call someone else. I'm tempted to um, come up with my own plan. Actually, that's the one I, I really try to, try to do the most. I, I turn to myself and I lean on my own understanding. But he gets first place in order throughout the day. Abiding is about working together with Holy Spirit. It's not, it's not just about being quiet and meditating on who Jesus is, meditating on his word. All of that is great, but it's actually a very active and, and daily part of our life. Doing, doing his works without, without Holy Spirit, it's overwhelming it's not just theory. <laughs> I know. 
trying to do his works without him, I mean, it, it sounds ridiculous, but, but we try it, and, and it's, it's so tiring. We have to be yoked with him to reign with him. Um, one day as I was talking with the Lord about abiding in him, he told me that he had fresh bread from heaven for me. He had manna for me. And uh, I was like, oh, what is it? Which is funny, because manna means what is it? That's the literal meaning for the word manna. And so God is funny like that. He, I don't know if he's funny like that with you, but he's always funny like that with me. He will always do stuff like that with me. Anyway, so I'm like, what is it? And he's like, oh, I see. You, uh, he said that um, you ask what is it because you're still not used to be, me being your source of provision. And again, this is kind of going back to the, the vine and the branch. He said, my daily provision is foreign to you. You understand the bread that you bake and the bread that you buy, but you struggle to understand the bread that is freely given. Yeah, me too. Um, as you give to others, you become more familiar with my bread and with my economy. You begin to assign value to the things based on my way of thinking. A gift from me is worth so much more than something you worked really hard to obtain. That is the way of my kingdom. I feel like I need to maybe read that again. This really, this really has, has hit a place in me. I don't know about you, but man, I am in such a place of need so much lately. And provision of uh, strength, provision of time, provision of resources, um, just feeling so much lack, you know? And... This just really hits me that, that I, I have been so unfamiliar with his provision, with his daily bread. I'm going to read this again. He said, you ask this because you're still not used to me being your source of provision. You guys just, just really, as, as the Lord speaks it to you, just re really receive it right now. We're going to. We're gonna just kind of out of this time enter into a time of communion, but just really, really receive whatever the Lord's speaking to you through this. You ask this because you're still not used to me being your source of provision. He said, my daily provision is foreign to you. You understand the bread that you bake and the bread that you buy but you struggle to understand the bread that is freely given to you. And as you give to others, you become more familiar with my bread and with my economy. You begin to assign value to things based on my way of thinking. A gift from me is worth so much more than something you worked really hard to obtain. That is the way of my kingdom. So Jesus, you can grab your communion cup. should be one next to you. Jesus, you are our daily bread. 
You are the fresh bread from heaven. Oh, Jesus. You are our source of provision. God, we just want to repent right now where, where we have where we've looked back at, at where we're holding on to the vine and, and we've decided, oh man, I could really use that hand. Rather than looking at you and saying, thank you for being my source. Thank you for being my provision. Forgive us where we've looked up at, at the, the fruit in our hands and said, wow, what great fruit. I'm gonna try and double that and let go of you as my source. Jesus, forgive us where we've looked up and we've seen the lack that's in our hands, the lack of fruit, and decided on our own, we leaned on our own understanding, we let go and we said, oh, maybe I just need to work with two hands instead of hanging on to the vine. Jesus, forgive us. Jesus, bring us into the fullness of the provision that you have for us, God. Forgive us, Lord, for where we have tried to bake our own bread and buy our own bread, rather than just receiving the free bread that you have for us. That free daily bread. <laughs> Forgive us, Lord, for trying to store it up. Trying to hold on. Stuff it in jars so it could get moldy. Lord, your manna, your daily provision, Lord. We just want to say right now, it, you are enough. <laughs> we sang about it. You're enough, God. You're enough. We don't have to look anywhere else. I don't have to look inside of my own flesh. I don't have to look to others around me. I don't have to look anywhere else. You are enough. Your provision is enough, God. I thank you, Lord, this morning for shifting mindsets. Thank you, Lord, for shifting my mindset, God. Thank you, Lord, for the provision in your body. The provision is, is in your body for everything that we need. I thank you, Lord. <laughs> even even those, those small things like money, small things like food and water and shelter, clothing, those are the small temporal things. You have provision for us in that, Lord. Your, your body even made provision for all of that. But your, your body made provision that we could enter into the Holy of Holies. Your body was, was the veil that was torn. So right now, we just, we take of your broken body. 
we receive the full provision that you've that you have purchased for us. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we thank you for the blood of the new covenant. Thank you, Jesus, that every debt is paid. Everything that we that we owed you, that we owed other people, everything we thought we owed, it's been purchased through your blood. The offenses against others, the offenses that we have have had against you, Lord, all of it's been paid by your blood, Jesus. And as we take As we take of this juice, Lord, I ask that all of those words of the accuser that have tried to hold us in a place of bondage and hold us in a place of of debt and, and owing you and owing others, Lord, that you would release us into the freedom that you purchased for us, God. So right now, we just, we just take of your blood and everything that you purchased for us, God. Lord, we just thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Let us not go away from this place and forget. Holy Spirit, you, you said... Jesus, you said that Holy Spirit would would bring to remembrance everything that you spoke. So we ask, Lord, that as we go along throughout our week this week, that that you would do what you promised in that, Lord, that you would bring to remembrance everything that, that you've spoken to us today, God. many of you guys are really connecting today with, with what the Lord is, is speaking? Yeah, good, good. I, I feel like this is a, a word from the Lord that he just, he so loves us. He so wants us to abide in him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this place of abiding.